0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Who well, you are looking forward to the December holidays? I'm very much looking forward to a break, I must admit. But I just realized, you know, as, as we're looking forward to a break, I know that God still wants to do things in this year in me and through me. And I don't want to miss that. So God's been laying on my heart to to speak this morning about finishing strong, finishing this year strong, not only this year, but in everything that we do to finish strong. And um, I'm sure you have your own stories, but there's many seasons in my life where I didn't start strong. And I, I remember my first year at university, I was so I was so out of my comfort zone, I, I got sick all the time, I, I grew up in a very small town and all of a sudden it was this big world that I had to face, I didn't start strong at all. My first year of work was was very, also very much out of my comfort zone, I was without a car for the first nine months of my, my working career, which you would agree, my, it was it was quite challenging for me. I... I was so intimidated in my workplace. I failed my first board exam uh, in in my first year of articles, and I just didn't start strong. I I when I look back, I realized, you know, that 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 was it wasn't a strong year, my first year of work. And when I when I became a mother, my first year, you see a trend here, hey? First year of this, first year of that. When when I became a mother. That must have been one of the most difficult years of my life. I was just not coping as a new mom. And, you know, when when, when I look back at those years and I, I fast forward, you know, I want to agree with something that Joyce Meyer says. She says, uh, you may not have had a good start, but you can have a good finish. I mean, so I want to I fast forward and I want to, tell you that I actually did finish my degree at Stellenbosch and my honors, by the grace of God, and when I left my job in in Stellenbosch after 10 years, even though not starting strong in year one, I left with a confidence, I left with a boldness, I had the opportunity to speak to a whole office, telling them that we're moving to East London for a very specific reason, to to be obedient to God's call, I left uh, good relationships with clients, with colleagues, so for me, it was it was such a victory because there were so many times I wanted to run away over those 10 years. So many times I just wanted to pack my bags and find another job. And I was so thankful that I didn't, that I actually finished strong. And even though I didn't start strong as a mom, now my, the highlight of my day is fetching my son at school, believe it or not. It's I love motherhood. I love my son. I I... I just love being a parent, and it's such an honor, such a privilege. He's finishing grade four now, so I studied grade four all over again. It was awesome. I loved every moment, and I just realized that it's not really about how we started. It's all about how we finish, and I'm, I'm sure you have your own stories. Maybe you maybe you started strong in many areas of your life, but today, these. You don't feel strong in your marriage, in your business, in your studies. Maybe you didn't start strong, and you, you still feel as if you're not getting a grip of the a, of a many things you need to do. But I just want to give you good news this morning. If we fix our eyes on Jesus, if we follow Him, if we surrender, if we come to a place where we will wholeheartedly surrender to God, all of you can finish strong. All of you, no matter how you've started, no matter what you're going through at the moment— you can finish strong. So I want to I speak about two things this morning that can keep us from finishing strong. Just two things. There's many things that can keep us from finishing strong, but I just want to focus on two things this morning. One is disobedience. The other one is discouragement. So let's look at disobedience first. I'm going to take you to a scripture in Haggai, one of the Old Testament books, not many people spend a lot of time in. I'm going to read the scripture, and then I'm going to explain to you the background of that scripture. It's in Haggai 1 verse 9. Let's read this together. It is, it is God saying through the prophet Haggai to the, to the Jews. He said, you looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs his own house. Now, let me give you the background of this story. This word is spoken by a prophet called Haggai around 520 BC. And a couple of years before this word was spoken, God moved the heart of a king called Cyrus. He moved the heart of a king, a king who didn't even know him. And he said to him, you must release the Jews to go back to rebuild the temple. So the king did that it was an amazing, it's actually an amazing story of how God can move somebody who doesn't even know him to fulfill his purposes. So he moved the heart of King, King Cyrus. The Jews go back to rebuild the temple that was broken down about 70 years before that under the leadership of Zerubbabel. But they were opposite, experienced opposition There were many things that that came against them to finish this. And even though they started strong, because it was a big event after 70 years of exile to go back and rebuild the temple, even though they were very excited, they started strong. They didn't finish strong. So God had to raise up uh, uh, two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. I'll, I'll speak about Zechariah in a moment. To encourage them to finish strong. So this word is not about... God-denying houses for His people. It's not about us not uh, that we shouldn't have houses. It's not as if God is saying you shouldn't have houses. You should only build the house of God. He was calling them back to the original reason why He moved the heart of the king to rebuild the temple. He was. This wasn't about their houses, that, that their house or His house like a a competition between the two. It was about obedience. He moved the heart of the king, they moved back, and then they didn't finish what God commanded them to do. Disobedience to God's call can keep us from finishing strong. Let's look at discouragement. There's many reasons why we can get discouraged, but I just want to focus on one thing this morning. The moment we compare things that we have now with what we have had in the past or things we have compared to what other people have it will lead to discouragement and it could lead to not finishing strong so let me show you another scripture in Haggai it's a fascinating book if you ever want to do a nice study in the old testament read Haggai read Zechariah and read the book of Ezra it all goes together in that same season Haggai 2 verse 9 says the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. So let me give you the background to this scripture. So there were many people going back with Zerubbabel to rebuild the temple who have actually seen Solomon's temple. So it was, it was spectacular. Solomon's temple was quite Something and that was broken down, and then now they had to move back, they had to rebuild the temple, and the Bible actually says that they wept. When they saw the foundation, only the foundation of this new temple, they wept. They weren't, there were lots of people who were glad and excited, but, the, but there were many people who actually cried. They were devastated because they couldn't, they couldn't see or they couldn't imagine that this new temple would ever compare to Solomon's temple. And now again, God speaks through the prophet of Haggai saying, the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. And what this, what this is he saying to us today? We can't dwell in the past. We can't, you know, there's so many people, that have only stories of what God did 15 years ago. There's, Andre and I personally know pastors. You know, the stories they tell is of 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when they were a student when they went on missions as a student, we cannot dwell there. And we do celebrate those things, but we cannot dwell in the past because God says the glory of the latter temple will be greater than the former. Amen. And Andre, my husband, is so good at this. You know, I am the one who often dwell in the past. I'm the one who cry my eyes out after a holiday because it's now forever never going to be again. And then Andre's like, uh, there's going to be another holiday, and it's going to be as amazing. Maybe it's going to be more amazing. And hes he is incredible in the way he always seeks God in the here and the now. It's such an inspiration for me because I'm the one who, who often compares, you know, what I had with what I have now. And if if I don't sense, if I don't see with my physical eyes that it's better or more amazing I easily get discouraged, and Andre is the one always saying, "But God's going to do greater things." Not, not, he's not talking about five years ago, even last week. He's talking about today. He's always expecting God to move today. He's always expecting God to, to do something glorious in this moment. And it's amazing. I learned so much from him, you know. And, you know, i I'm, I love what God is doing in in Shafes, London, and. You know, if I could have chosen a church, I can't because I'm the pastor's wife, I can't choose my church. But if I could have chosen a church, it would have been this church because God's doing something amazing in this house. However, if we if we rewind and go back five or six or seven or eight years ago, it wasn't exactly the same. God is doing something greater all the time. And... You know, I want to speak to a few people. It's not applicable to all of you, but it might become applicable to some of you in the future. We often, when, when people leave East London or show for East London and you were happier, you know, say, for example, you, fa- you feel the same way as I do. If you could have chosen a church, it would have been this church. You want to be here. God's moving in your, in your, in your family, in your heart, in your own life. But now you need to move away from East London. And you need to find another church. The biggest mistake you can make is to compare the new house to this house. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but we find that so many people leave East London and they actually leave church altogether. They've been part of our congregation, they were flourishing, they were growing in the Lord. Then they move away, and because of comparison that leads to discouragement, they disconnect from church altogether. Because they cannot find the exact same church as Shofar East London. And it's the biggest mistake that you can make. Because the glory, God says, the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. But we need to see with the eyes of our hearts. We need to see with the eyes of faith. So I want to encourage you, if you ever move away from East London and you are happier... If you were not happy here, it's not applicable to you, okay? You'll possibly easily find another church. It's for those of you who really flourished in this congregation. You need to ask the Lord where you need to plant yourself. You need to plant yourself there more vigorously and more intentionally than ever before. And you need to celebrate what God is doing in that house. Even if it's different to what he's doing in this house. Because you need to look with the eyes of faith and you need to look with the eyes of your heart and believe that God is able to do something greater in that house, even greater than what he's doing here. God is not limited to this church and we need to believe it. And I, I know I, I speak to just a few of you at the moment, but I want to encourage you that God is able to, to make a house where there's even just a foundation, just to bring a word and say the glory of this temple will be greater than the, the, the glory of the, the one. In, in And it's applicable to your business. It's applicable to your family. It's applicable to friendships. You know, sometimes we, we, we lose a friendship. We move away and we lose a friendship. And we think you'll never, ever find a friend like that again. And yes, I know every person is unique. And yes, you will possibly never find that specific friendship again. But it doesn't mean that God can't do something greater in your friendships. It doesn't mean that he can't do something greater in your workplace, in your business. So I just want to encourage you. We, we need to trust the Lord to finish strong what he has called us to do. Amen? And if we compare, we will get discouraged. And we might never, maybe never finish what God has called us to do because of discouragement that started with comparison, amen, so I want to, I want to encourage you not to look at the things you don't have or have lost, because God is always doing something greater, amen, he's always ready to do something greater, but we need to seek it out, we need to intentionally, intentionally trust him for it and look for it, amen, so how do we finish strong, if keeping us from finishing strong could be disobedience and discouragement, how are we going to finish strong? It's not a trick question. Obedience and encouragement. So let's, let's speak about obedience. Basic obedience to the Word of God. James 1, verse 22 and 25 in the Passion Translation. Listen to this. It says, Don't just listen to the Word of Truth and not respond to it, for it is the essence of self-deception. So we go, oh, it was an amazing word and it was so awesome, but we don't respond to it. It's the essence of self-deception. We think we have changed. And maybe we did in our hearts, but if it does not manifest in our actions, it's actually the essence of self-deception. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty, that's the word of God, and respond to the truth they hear, they experience God's blessing in all that they do. When we hear the word of God and respond to it, we, we, we receive a blessing in everything that we do. And there's been many times in my life when responding to the word of truth was not easy for me. I remember one, one season in my life, I was 17 years old, standard nine, grade 11, when I felt God, God said to me, I must get baptized. Now, I was christened as a little baby. That was what my parents believed. That was what my church believed I went to, that you you christen babies, and that's enough. But at the age of 17, God clearly spoke to me that I must get baptized. My only problem was I was 17 years old, and I really wanted to honor my parents. I really wanted to make them a part of this amazing journey that I was on with God. But it was very difficult for them, especially my mom. She really felt that she failed God. She felt that she made a mess of what she promised God when I was christened as a baby and even though she uh, she, they gave me permission to get baptized and even though they attended my baptism my mom cried through the whole ceremony as if it was a funeral I suppose it is a kind of a funeral you know dying with Jesus and but it was very difficult for me I was 17 years old I was not the rebellious kind of daughter and now all of a sudden I go directly against my my mom's wishes. You know, I make a cry, I really make a cry. And I make her feel like a failure. It was extremely difficult for me, but my desire to be obedient to God was stronger. And today I'm so thankful because what this scripture says I experienced this. When we hear the truth of God and respond to it, we will experience the blessing of God. This is what I experienced. Even though she cried throughout the whole baptism ceremony, God didn't only restore our relationship, He strengthened our relationship. He strengthened. You know, He spoke to her personally to say that this is the road that He's walking with us. You know, even when I was, when I was in the trick, she said to me, God said to her, uh, who is she to fight against this journey that God is walking with me? And God, did, as I say, God, God didn't only restore, he strengthened our relationship and I experienced the blessing of God. It's just one example where there was opposition when God asked me to walk in obedience. There was opposition. I actually hurt my, my parents and it, was, it wasn't easy, but God showed me how we can be honoring and obedience. And God, God's, uh, he strengthened our relationship and I'll be forever thankful for that. So baptism is just one area. And I know some of you, God's been speaking to some of you to get baptized. So we are going to have a baptism service on the 2nd of December in the mor- during the morning service. So if there's some of you, you need to take the step of obedience like I did. Okay, hopefully you're not seventeen years old and having to ask your parents' permission. But there might be other things keeping you from doing this. And I want to encourage you. This is something that, that it's it's a basic step of obedience that leads to many other steps of obedience in your life. And it's it's just one example, and I really felt when I was preparing that God is He's been speaking to some of you, He's calling you to obedience in the area of sexual purity some of you, whatever it might mean for you guys. And he's been speaking to some of you to be obedient in the area of financial stewardship. And I really want to encourage you to trust the Lord, to respond, to hear the word of God and to respond to it because there's a blessing. And often we only experience the blessing after we've been obedient. It's often a wrestle until that moment that we are obedient. So, Let's talk about the call of of God upon your life. There's there's two ways in which we need to be obedient to finish strong. The one is we need to be obedient to the word of God. It's applicable to all of us. Okay, there's no exceptions. The word of God is the word of God. We need to hear the word and we need to respond to it. But then there is a call of God that we need to respond to. And I want to show you a video clip before I continue. Just to illustrate this, that sometimes God calls us to do something. And, and if we are disobedient, we wouldn't necessarily lose our salvation. But whatever we have done on earth, the Bible says it will actually be burnt up in heaven because we have not been obedient to what God called us to be. And it's not to, to put fear on you, it's actually to liberate you. Because God is not going to expect something of you that's not been written in his book. He's not going to expect something of you that you're not designed for. And it should actually take the pressure off you. So I want us to watch this, and then I will explain to you what this is all about. Thanks.
1: Question. What are you called to do? Ask that question because we won't be judged according to what we did in life rather what we were called to do in life. Imagine with me, standing before the throne of God, and a scenario like this occurred. Evangelist Anderson, come forth and give an account of your stewardship on earth. E- evangelist? evangelist Anderson? I, I'm not an evangelist. I, I, I'm an accountant. I, I... I, I I had an accounting firm. I had, had. Evangelist Anderson. Where are the 347,566 souls I called you to impact in Asia, son? Where are they? I, I, I'm an I, I'm an accountant. I I had an accounting firm. I I, I helped churches. I helped ministries with their their, their finances, son. Where are the 347,566 souls in Asia I called you to impact? Son, where are they? Had you sought me? Had you sought my face? I would have revealed this to you. And everything in regards to that man's call was burned up before the judgment seat of Christ. Accountant Jones, step four and give an account of your stewardship. Accountant Jones? No. no, I I pastored for 35 years. I I had a, a membership of 750 people. Accountant Jones, I called you to the marketplace. Had you done this, you would have significantly impacted two people. You and those two men would have helped churches with their finances and those churches would have impacted 751,321 souls if you would assault me I, I would have revealed this to you and again in regards to this man's calling everything he's done in life would be burnt up before the judgment seat of Christ Sister Smith Come forth, and give an account of your stewardship. Uh, I, I only raised three children. I, uh, I never preached to, to nations. I, I never even been on a, a missionary trip. I, I only tried my hardest to raise my children in your way. I called you to raise three children and let me show you the one million five hundred seventy-nine thousand five hundred forty-one souls, those three children impacted. You sought me and you heard my voice. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So remember, in regards to the calling that's on your life, you won't be judged according to what you did. You will be judged according to what you were called to do.
0: This is amazing. And I'm personally so challenged by this because I know these seasons in our lives. I mean, I, I was an accountant for 11 years, but I felt a strong call to full-time ministry. But this is not what this is all about. You know, you saw that the one guy was actually a pastor, and God said, I called you to be an accountant. And it, it's not about full-time ministry at all. It's about walking in obedience what God has called you to do. And often it starts with a very small step. It's often it starts with just being obedient to one instruction from the Lord. And sometimes we don't know what God has called us to do. But then I want to encourage you to wrestle with the Lord until you know. And there's seasons. I know my season as an accountant for 11 years, that was exactly what God wanted me to do. He 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 actually used my salary in that season for Andre to be in full-time ministry. And I know God has has put the two of us together, even in that season, with a a very specific purpose. That season of my life had so much purpose. But I I personally couldn't stay there. Because God called me to partner with my husband full-time. And that's my call. This is my call in this season in my life. So... Maybe you don't know, but then you must wrestle with the Lord until you know. Maybe you do know, but you received opposition or for some reason you, you backed off from the call of God. Then you need to wrestle with God as well to find the, the courage and the strength to do what he's called you to do. And I mean, how beautiful is that the mom, you know, she felt maybe, you know, she didn't do what God called her to do. And then he said, you did exactly what I called you to do. You raised three children, and they impacted more than a million people. So it's not about what I'm doing this morning. It's not about the pulpit ministry, and the, it's about the call of God upon your life and your obedience to that. And as the Bible says, it will lead to blessing. It's not something you need to fear, because I, I really sense that there's so many of us, we fear being obedient to the Lord. We fear that, that, that if we surrender, we're going to be the most unhappy person on this planet because God's going to send us to China. It's always that fear, you know, maybe God's going to send me to China. If he does send you to China, you're going to be the happiest person on this planet. If you're in the will of God, he's faithful, he's good. He's the one who keeps us from, from falling. He's the one who directs us, but we need to seek him. You know, Andre spoke about the book that I wrote, and the background to this is, I started in 2016, and for the whole of 2017, I did nothing. In fact, every time I thought about the book, I felt oppressed, and I, I've, it, it, for me, it was a massive mountain, and I knew God spoke to me, and I, I, I had opposition. I had a lack of faith, a lack of experience, a lack of confidence, a lack of... Everything I could think of. And I, I didn't touch it for a whole year. And I had to wrestle with the Lord at the beginning of this year. I had to wrestle with him until I had the courage to call upon a few friends and ask them to help me and finish what God spoke to me to do. And today, today I know why I had to be obedient because the testimonies do not stop. And then I think, Lord, what if I were not obedient? in writing this book because it's just, I know it's just the beginning and I know that God is using this as an evangelical tool. He's using this as a discipleship tool. He's using this to connect family members. He's using this to connect work colleagues. It opens the door for the gospel and what if I did not finish? And I I promise you, I didn't know how to finish. It was a massive step for me. I'm not a, a... I didn't have any experience in this area, and I had to push through, and I had to do it. What is God calling you to do? It might not be a book. It might be something else. It might be something very uniquely to your life, but you need to see God, and you need to find out what it is, and you need to wrestle with Him until you have the courage to do it. So I want to ask you, have you been obedient to the last instruction you have received from the Lord? The moment you surrender to Jesus, he's not going to tell you go to China. So you can relax. He's going to take you step by step. But the key is to be obedient to the first step. Then you are obedient to the the second instruction, and then the third instruction, and this is how you discover the call of God upon your life. And it's beautiful. I don't want to be anywhere else in my life. And maybe for some of you, full time ministry, if you think full time ministry, pastor's wife, you're out of here. You know, if God expects that of you, you're not, you not, you're going to run away. But maybe that is not what He's calling you to do. He's calling you for something very specific and you need to find what it is and it's going to add to your life and it's going to impact mighty, mighty, mighty many people. So how do we do this? Zechariah 3 verse 6, remember? Let's get back to to the Bible. The group of Jews under the leadership of Zerubbabel, they go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple And they didn't finish the task for various reasons. For years, started building their own houses, not being obedient to this. One reason God moved the heart of King Cyrus. Then how faithful is the Lord to raise up Haggai and Zechariah? He's not saying, oh, well, whatever. I'm going to burn up everything in heaven one day. I'm going to burn it up. You were not obedient. No, God says, where are the prophets? who will speak words of encouragement to my people, Zechariah and Haggai. Let's raise them up. Let's speak the word of the Lord. Zechariah 3 verse 6. Remember Haggai, Zechariah, the exact same season, they spoke live to that call of God that people did not obey. Zechariah 3 verse 6, it says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. He was the leader of the group. He says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Don't even try and be obedient to God in your own strength. It's not expected of you. It's not what God expects of you to, to work it up and to find the strength in yourself. God says it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by His Spirit. We need to lean on the Holy Spirit. This is why He sent us the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our advocate. He's our, He's our intercessor. He's the one who comes alongside us and helps us. We need to ask Him Help us, it's beautiful. There's been so many times in my life where I thought, Why didn't I ask the Holy Spirit earlier (laughs) to help me? I've been trying to do this and I'm trying my best, but it's not working. And the moment I ask, the moment I humble myself and say, Lord, I can't do this in my own strength, He comes, He gives me grace, He empowers me. Lean on Him, ask Him to help you. Then let's just talk about encouragement. As I said, God did not leave His people. In the state of disobedience, he, rose, he, he, he raised up people who could speak a word of encouragement. So let's listen to this word from Zechariah again to Zerubbabel. Zech, Zechariah 4 verse 8 and 9. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. So God spoke a very clear word. He said, you started this, you're going to finish it. How beautiful is this? God is not just going to leave you. He is ready to speak a word. So I want to talk to you just for the last few minutes. How do we position ourselves to be encouraged? We need to surround ourselves with people who can encourage us. So who are you spending time with? Are they encouraging you? Are they building you up? Or are they breaking you down? You know, it's very interesting. We. you know, when often when people people experiencing marital problems, it's often that they're actually surrounded by people who also experiencing marital problems, because it, there's no wise counsel. Everybody is negative. Everybody is despondent. Everybody is discouraged. Who are you spending time with? Are you spending time with people who can encourage you? Are you attending events where you can receive a prophetic word? What is a prophetic word? It is a word spoken by somebody under divine inspiration of God. So it's not just, you look pretty, you are able, you are, you are, you, you know, nice dress, you know. It's, it is something that cuts to the heart and it changes your life. You, you are more than welcome to give compliments, okay? Let's do compliments, let's do words of encouragement from our heart. But the moment that word comes from the Lord, it changes everything. It changes everything. You know, at our ladies' retreat this year, these were our prophetic words. We were 120 people. We prayed for them beforehand. Some of you were the prayers. You prayed for people. These words were edited. It, it was printed, and it was given to every lady. It transformed the majority of those women's lives. There were confirmations. There were many things Many, many, many testimonies around these words. But if you didn't go to the weekend, you won't have a word. And same, same at Encounter 3, at Encounter 4. How many of you received a word at Encounter 4? A week or two ago, many of you. We, we, we make time to pray over you, to trust the Lord for a word. And then we take out our phones and we record it. Because we don't take it lightly, and that's that's the next thing I want to say about the Word of the Lord. We need to value the Word of God. So you can, you can, position yourselves at the ladies' weekend, or at the men's camp, or at a at an encounter, and you can receive a word. But if you don't value that word, it it will be, it will be gone <laughs> forever. This is why. For for those of you who don't understand why we take out our phones and record it, sometimes God speaks for 10 minutes. And there is just no way, especially if you cry throughout the 10 minutes, that you can remember the words. Even if you start writing immediately, you won't remember everything. This is why we record it. But now we can't stay on your phone. It can't lie there on your voice recorder In between many other things, you need to go and listen to it again. You need to type it up and you need to meditate on those words, especially if it cut to your heart, especially if you know it's a word in season. We need to meditate, we need to revisit. Let me show you a scripture, Jeremiah thirty verse two. Thus speaks the Lord of God of Israel, saying, Write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken to you. Write in a book for yourself. All the words that I've spoken to you, how many of us are actually doing this? And if you do this, how many of us are meditating on those words? How many of us are revisiting those words? It's crucial. If you want to know what God has called you to do, you need the prophetic word, and you need to revisit those words, and you need to meditate on those words. Amen? And then the last one, we need to take ownership of the prophetic words. You know, over the years, I've received so many, so many words. It gave me direction. It gave me faith. It helped me to push through difficult seasons. It, it affirmed my identity. But if I did not take the word and take a step, if I just had a warm, fuzzy feeling in my heart about the word and did not actually take a step, take a risk, take a step of obedience, that word would have stayed a pretty word Somewhere documented. We need to act upon the word of the Lord. Now let me show you something very interesting. In the book of Isaiah, a hundred years before God moves the heart of King Cyrus, a hundred years, Isaiah prophesies that God is going to raise up a king. His name will be Cyrus, and he will be a mighty instrument in the hand of God, and he will release the Jews to go back to rebuild the temple. A hundred years There was a word, warm, fuzzy feeling, sounds awesome. A hundred years later, somebody needs to physically travel to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and face opposition and finish the task. So a prophecy a hundred years earlier, it's amazing, but it can't stay there. So the words that you have received from the Lord, no matter how amazing it is, you need to partner with God in the fulfillment of those prophecies. You need to step out. You need to take a risk. You need to get out of the boat and say, Lord, here I come. Even if it's scary, even if it frightens you, even if it challenges you out of your mind, you need to act upon the word of the Lord. There's a blessing. So for those of you who have not been obedient to the word of God, I want to give you a word of encouragement. This morning or maybe you regret certain decisions or maybe you maybe you didn't start strong maybe you just in a in a in a season way of uncertainty I want to I want to give you a word by C.S. Lewis listen to this he says you can't go back and change the beginning but you can you can start where you are and change the ending amen not in your own strength. Remember the word of Zechariah. It's not by might nor by power, it's by the spirit of God. You can take all the pressure of yourself, all the pressure. You know, even the the video that I showed you, it wasn't expected of that that accountant to become a pastor in his own strength. God would have given him everything that is necessary for for walking out his call for for finishing strong, for being obedient, but he had to take one step, one step of obedience. And God is right there to assist you, to help you, to encourage you. He's going to raise up people around you, can encourage you. Even if you are disobedient, he's going to raise up people to lift up your hands, to encourage you. You know how many people I had who encouraged me about this book that I wrote? Sandra was one of them. You know, had a word for me, about Noah's ark and, you know, building the ark. And I need to finish this. I need to finish this because there's lives dependent on me finishing this thing. And she was a mighty instrument in God's hands. And we can, we can be the same. You can either be the, the person who brings the word or you can be the receiver of the word. But in a, in a healthy community like this, God's going to speak all the time. We just need to position ourselves. Receive that word.
1: Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on
0: Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.